hope we're not talking about Flames and Oilers because I came prepared only for Oil Kings and Hitman. I want to, I want to dial right in on this waved-off goal. This is this is controversial. Uh, well, I, I don't understand. I'm not. It was a weird goal. I don't know. Are you actually watching it? I'm not sure. No, I'm not watching. Well, I don't know if you're streaming the game or whatever. Uh, it, it, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a play like that. And I just watched an NHL game last night where about four times I said, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. <laughs> but uh, it, it was kind of a weird goal. Hey, it sure. was. It was. It wasn't called a goal on the ice, Reed. I don't know what you're talking about. That was the strangest thing I've ever seen on on Thursday night. Like I. I still don't understand that one okay, call. Okay, you know what? I'm actually, maybe I'm in the minority here. I'm a little more forgiving than most people about the ref pointing at the net because I don't mind him saying, okay, the puck's in, but he or another official saying, hold on, there was a lot of contact there. Um, I've heard a lot of different opinions. Uh, on the broadcast last night, I was more leaning towards it being a goal. Rob Brown and Bob Stoffer thought it was a no goal. What, like, what did you think of it? Well, I mean, I, I just, I found it strange because he was pointing at the net and that is such a, it's, it's such a, like that refrain is always there. Well, if it's called a goal on the ice, it's hard to, harder to overturn. It needs to be conclusive evidence. And the problem that I have is that the goalposts can always change. Like you can always get some sort of, yeah, but, and it started with the, intent to intent to blow the whistle and that that's that's my only problem with it like it was what it was it didn't end up hurting them they ended up winning the game all it just i sometimes get a little frustrated with the moving goalposts of the nhl and their review and what is or isn't a penalty or a suspension or a goal or whatever the case may be. Anyway, we, let, let's talk about the Oilers and Flames, and it should be a good game. I don't want to. No. Hey, did you know that? Uh, did you know that the Flames had a goal called in Game Five? Apparently, kicked it in. That nobody's ever brought that up. Oh yeah, that's never been talked about. Yeah, exactly. No, Going no, back to the no. Playoffs. This is the first time. I'm the first person to ever bring it up. Yes, you're the first person to ever talk. No, we're not going to go back there. But both Rob and I thought that one. Uh, was going to count at the time, but anyway. What do you think people just, you know Speaking of rules, like if I if I wrote the rule book, if I could change one rule in the NHL, I wouldn't change goalie interference. I would say, if a puck goes into the net off a skate, and the attacking player's skate is in the crease, it doesn't count. Just make it that black and white. If he kicked it, or if he's knocked down and he doesn't see it, and it banks it off, because really you're not supposed to go into the crease unless the puck is there. And if the puck is there, you're supposed to try to hack it in with your stick, not your foot. So if if a puck is in the crease and it goes in off an offensive player's skate, it's just no goal, whether he meant to do it or not. Wouldn't that make things simple? Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I actually I actually don't mind what the Western League adopted, where they're like, if it goes off a skate, it's a goal. Um, but I also understand the safety the safety um, implications of that because you are playing with knives on your feet so you got to be a little bit careful as to what what you can do with them i don't know i just, yeah that one actually makes sense like that's that's one that seems to make sense and i'll give them credit like the way they amended the offside rule i think made a lot of sense um because at first it it wasn't necessarily in the spirit of the game whereas now i think with the the amendment they made a couple of years ago to the offside review i think that was a good call to and that one made sense but hey i guess i guess every once in a while they'll get one right 
Hey, I do want to talk about Flames Oilers, but you guys have other news, sort of. Well, how significant is it what Premier Daniel Smith said? Because it's, this isn't actually a pledge of money, right? Yeah, what was what she actually promising? And what does this mean for the, I guess, still proposed arena there? We can't, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, okay. So you were boots on the ground during the Rogers Place saga. And that was, like, we're, we're about a decade or so behind in terms of the whole genesis of finally getting shovels in the ground for a new arena, um, which I think probably makes sense. And I think Northlands was about a decade older than the Saddledome was, um, maybe more. Um, so I think it makes sense. But so essentially what I understand is... So Danielle Smith, our premier, writes this writes this letter and says, we want to help. Doesn't really say exactly what they're going to do to help or how much they'll pledge, but says it's important that this gets done and the, the provincial government wants to make sure that this ends up being a priority for us too. The problem is, is that, and, and you know this being in Edmonton, um, that the problem is in this province, Provincial politics are so divisive that if anybody says anything, if, if Rachel Notley says anything, or or if Danielle Smith, the, the new leader of the UCP, says anything, like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's going to be people say, I'm leaving this. Here's the only thing I know. In May, when there's an election, apparently half the province is going to be leaving because half the province says if this person wins, they're leaving Alberta, and if this person wins, they're leaving Alberta. I don't even want to get into politics. That, that's just, that's just, if I had zero opinion and had no political opinions and was objective, that's just, apparently, everybody half the province is leaving on the um, result of the next election. I think, and, and so I think there's a lot of skeptical people saying, well, this is just a political play to draw favor in Calgary because Danielle Smith is not polling very well in Calgary. Her, her polling numbers in the two big centers in this province are not great, so she's trying to curry a little favor, and this is a way to do so. And, and maybe that's correct. I have no idea. But I do think it's significant that I don't know. Like, was there, there was never anything like that in the build-up to Rogers Place. I, I don't believe you'd know better than I would, no, I but I don't, I don't believe there's anything like that. No. So, so I think any time you can get a provincial government, whether it's one that is going to be in power or not, to have some sort of um, like actual empirical proof that there is a pledge to help. I think that helps the case regardless of how the May election goes because the city, the Flames, have this in writing, whether Premier Smith is still Premier Smith in 2023 or if somebody else is the Premier in 2023. So I do think it was significant. It was also very vague. I don't know what it means in, in terms of the actual commitment or what they're pledging to do but the fact anytime you can have a higher level of government on board for a municipal project i think is a good thing so for this thing in a bubble i think it probably was a positive in helping this thing get built and let's be honest it's going to get built the saddle dome is a relic it is time to replace it it's it's clear it is the oldest building in the nhl there's nothing close to it at this point it's uh it, it is in dire need to be up to standard like we're 
They have done millions of dollars of renovation on this thing over the last 20 years, and it is so far behind the rest of the NHL in terms of amenities and corporate offerings, and it's time. They need, for the for the good of the Calgary Flames and the good of them staying in this province, province rather, they, they, they need to they need to get this done and i think i think regardless of whether there is provincial funding or not and while i do think premier notley uh, premier uh, smith's uh letter was was important and i do think it's significant whether there's any funding or not i still think come july read there's going to be shovels in the ground in this city one way or the other it's, it's going to happen okay appreciate the update there pat steinberg joining us from sports at 916 calgary the game tomorrow, uh, very strong effort by the Flames in the victory a couple of weeks ago. I know the Oilers rallied a bit to make it interesting, but I thought Calgary played great in the third period of that game. They have started yeah. the season well. Uh, give me a couple things that have really contributed to the Flames' success so far. Well, you know this is the best six-game start the Flames have ever had in, in their history. They're 5-1. and one. They've never been that good through six games, and yet... The, the talk down here, people on the outside are like, oh, they're 5-1. This is great. If you talk to a player on this team, if you talk to a coach on this team, they're not – all they're doing is talking about the things that aren't right. Oh, our 5-on-5 five five game isn't anywhere near. My personal 5-on-5 five five game isn't very good. Um, okay, so a few things that have been key to the start. Well, first of all, you mentioned the third period against Edmonton. That's kind of been a staple of their of their six games so far is that – I don't want to say they're a third-period team. They just have done a really good job of game management in third periods. And I looked to the, the five games that they've won, and Edmonton was the, the first time that this really hit home, but against Vegas and against Carolina and against Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Their game management in the third period has been the best I've seen it from this organization in years. They they lock it down when they're a position in a position to lock it down like they were on Tuesday against Pittsburgh, like they were a couple of weeks ago against the Oilers at Rogers Place. They just they, they've got a very good ability to turn into a lockdown team and suffocate the opposition and not allow them to get anything. They, the Oilers barely sniff any Anything scoring chance-wise in that third period into the final 30 seconds when it was six on five. Pittsburgh got six shots on Tuesday, and they were down by three. Like, that's when teams go into uh, full-on chase mode, and they're activating their D, and, and they're they're cheating for chances in the third period when you're down by three, and they got six shots on net and nothing meaningful in that third period. So that's been really impressive is the way that they've been able to manage games in the third. That's one. And two would be they, they've got a really balanced group. Last year when we did these talks, Reed, it was all about Lindholm, Gaudreau, and Kachuk. This year, as good as Nazem Kadri's been, and he has been, it feels like Kadri's been in this city and on the Flames for a decade. He's been such a good fit. But they are a balanced group, and they're getting contributions from everywhere. Their power play has been good, not great, and their five-on-five -five game and their five-on-five -five scoring has been good, not great, but they've got goals from all over. The Kadri line's been their best line with Manjapani and Dubé. They've scored, but so has their fourth line with Rooney, Richie, and Lucic. And the back line with Coleman and Lewis has scored. And on the power play, the, the Huberdeau, Toffoli, and Lindholm trio – 
those three individuals have gotten their points on the power play. They're just getting it from everywhere right now, which is such a departure from how it went last year, where it was the, the top line, which was one of the two or three best lines in the NHL, and then everybody else. So those are the two things that jump off the page most to me. Balance scoring, good third period. Their goaltending still a work in progress. Their top line five on five is still a work in progress. And a lot of other things are too, but those are kind of those those are kind of in the two main drivers of their five and one start. Okay. Do you know who the goaltender is tomorrow? I don't know for sure, but I will be shocked and I'll sing a show tune on your now you know what I'm gonna back off on that because you never know what Daryl Sutter but <laughs> I, I think I think it's gonna be Jacob Markstrom um, all signs point to Jacob um, Daryl Sutter's kind of been very defiant over the last little bit in terms of how he's used his goaltenders the last little bit remember on on the Saturday night when when the Flames Northern's played for the first time this year and Vladar started Daryl said that morning we want to get him one start a week and over 26 starts so 26 weeks we want to have him one start a week well he hasn't started since that time and so some wonder if well well because he said that he's got to get in against the Oilers on Saturday I think it's going to be Markstrom um all signs point to it being Jacob Jacob played his best game of the season against Pittsburgh on Tuesday and I honestly think it should be Jacob you need to get Markstrom into a groove you need to get him into a rhythm i think that's important and i also think you need to get him in against the oilers because we all know how it went in the postseason we all know what jacob markstrom's career numbers are against that like they're historically bad against edmonton they're not too bad as a flame they're not they're bad. they weren't they weren't great with the Canucks. They're historically bad, though. You're right with the Flames, and you've got to. If if that if there is even a one percent chance that that is a mental block for this goaltender, and there is like a seventy-five or eighty percent chance that these two teams meet again in the playoffs, you have got to do everything you can, or at the very least, give them some sort of chance to start the process of exercising those demons because you can't have – the Flames aren't winning a series against the Oilers if their number one goalie plays like he did in May of 2022. So I think it should be Jacob. I think it will be Jacob. We'll see. I'm, You know what? I'm just as fascinated to see who the Oilers play in that. You'd, you'd have a better idea well, than I, I would. I think it'll be Skinner, but they didn't practice. It will today, be. So I, I would guess Skinner. Well, and I mean, that makes sense. Jack played on, on Thursday. Skinner played on Wednesday. So it would make sense schedule-wise. And Skinner shut them out after coming in on, on that Saturday night a couple of weeks ago. So the goaltending thing is fascinating. But I, I think it's going to be Markstrom. And I'll be stunned, but it'll be a good story. I'll be stunned if they go Vladar. Pat, thanks for coming on. I know this was a little earlier than you were hoping to join me this evening. Uh, my, my show isn't on the time slot you were looking for, so I do appreciate it. It's going to be fun tomorrow, man. Thank you so much for weighing in. Hey, tell tell 6.30 Chad to cater your show time so that I can come on at the time that I want to come on. Yeah, I'm going to say demo. Thank you. That is Pat Steinberg from Sports at 916 Calgary. He was joking with me yesterday that he would come on, but only if it was after 9 o'clock, knowing that my show is done at 8. Ha ha, Pat. 780-496-0063 if you want to check in. Tell you what, we got a lot of time for open line. Uh, between now and 8, if you want to talk about goalie interference, if you want to talk about what rule you would change in the NHL, if you want to let me know your favorite creature or monster from a movie, 
Uh, that's all on the table. Whatever you want to do. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, that is the new Jamat Rogers place tonight. First period, Oil Kings and Calgary Hitman. They are scoreless. The Oil Kings thought they had an early lead. It got waved off. 4.52 left in the first period. World Series Astros uh, looking great. They lead at 5-1. That is in the fourth. 780-496-0063. Kellen, give me a couple more scariest monsters in movies from people. Excellent. Brad texts in and says, the Xenomorph from ah, Alien. So there we go. Classic. Yeah, how could I forget? The Xenomorph from Alien. Yep. Mm-hmm. And one more from an unknown texter. He says his votes for Poltergeist or Peter Puck from Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> the, the Poltergeist or the Puck? Which is it going to be? That's, um, a, that's a good one. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, keep those coming in. Those are fun. I appreciate you guys going along with that. Um, power plays in a game. There were 17 total last night. I'm going to tell you about the three games in NHL history that have the have had the most combined power plays. And how about this? Two of them involve your Edmonton Oilers. I'll give you the list and a whole bunch more fun. I think we're going to name the animal. That's all coming up. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chen.